from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It's 5 p.m. 5 p.m. You're stuck working and disconnected from the sports world. What the hell is going on? Don't sweat it. The OG will catch you up on the biggest stories, the latest developments, and let you know who said something dumb on social media today. I just tweeted it. What's trending is now on the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. We're coming down from the high of the OG mixtape where we gave out a tumbler. Our tumbler was one, and the person who won the tumbler won a boombox on behalf of somebody else. What an amazing fun Friday. Gilio, no knock on when I'm not here and you're mm. doing the show by yourself on a fun Friday, but that's how you do a fun Friday. Not just handing out tumblers like candy. Willy-nilly. Oh, willy-nilly. That puts us in a position where we have no more tumblers. Now we really don't. Yeah. Mr. A Man's Gotta Live By a Code suddenly finding the consequences of his own actions. A man got to have a code. Well, seriously, we're having a conversation during the break. And Gilio makes some side remark about, like, yeah, that's if I get you a Christmas gift. I'm like, what do you mean no, no, if no. I get I, you a Christmas I gift? I said that we should bet on the Garner Cardinal Gibbons yes, basketball game. And then you said. And then I said the, the result should be if Garner loses, I have to buy you a Christmas gift. The fact that you said I have to buy you a Christmas gift, either you want to get me a no, Christmas no, gift no. or you I, don't. I got you a Christmas you're, gift. You're painting this in the wrong picture, no, I'm not. sir. I got you a Christmas gift. I'm I, waiting for it to arrive, but I got you a Christmas gift. Okay. I got to pick up that's, Dennis's. It's very nice of you. However, wait, I'm getting one. Yes, there's many gifts that I've gotten for you. Producers of this program get Christmas gifts. Many gifts I've gotten you. A, a very nice script Raiders hat that I've never seen you wear. It's in the house. A Marlin sweatshirt I've never seen you wear. It smells like campfire. The only thing that I know you liked for sure, yeah, was the cat dad mug. Yeah. Would you like to tell the audience what happened to the cat dad? I don't know where the cat dad mug <laughs> is. So, you were put on gift probation. That is what happened. Okay. So now this is your chance to get off of here's, gift probation. If Cardinal Gibbons beats Garner, yeah, you can be off of gift probation. So here's the thing uh, about play, the Raiders. tomorrow. About the Raiders hat. The Raiders hat is in the house on display. Okay. The Marlins hoodie I wear at home. Mm-hmm. It's it's worn when I'm out at the fire pit. It's it smells like smoke all the, the time. So the washing machine in your house is broken. No, it's not that. Oh, it's just okay. that that's that is the, that is it has its niche. Do you have do you have work hoodies and home hoodies? <laughs> it has its niche. Is it what has you're its saying. niche. Okay. It has its role. Okay, it has its role. All right, Jimmy Black, former North Carolina Tar Heel legend, once told me on the air, "Ovies, oh, you know your role, right?" I was like, "Wait, is he what?" And that stuck with me. Know your role. So the Marlins hoodie knows its role. It's a house hoodie. Okay. Do you not have house hoodies? Um, probably. Yeah. Like I have a house. I have a. I have several. Have house pants. For instance, I have uh, from the Outer Banks. Uh, my brother-in-law gifted me a camo biscuits and porn hoodie that I can never wear to work. Sir. <laughs> Straight up. Talk about living my code. I can never wear that hoodie to work, but I can wear it at home when I get on the roof to put on Christmas lights and things like that. But I'll tell you what. To make you feel better, the next time I wear the Marlins hoodie, I will send everybody. A I will send everybody a that picture. That will be your B-reel. And you'll be like, look, everybody. I can be excited. That might get you off probation. We'll see. Yeah, but I'm waiting on yours to show up. 
We'll have to note here, none of those other than the cat dad was an actual Christmas gift. Yeah, that's the other issue, too. This is something that you, That's a. this is a you problem. Okay. You just gift people. This is the problem with gift giving. Mm-hmm. All right? Are you getting the gift? See, I don't believe in Christmas. No, 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 I, no. If, if here's I want to get you something, what I'm going to get it for here's you. Here's what I believe. Yes. If you're going to get somebody a gift, you should do it out of the generosity of getting somebody a gift. That is why I do it. No, it's not why you do it. You do it so that you can then, trust me, I grew up in a household with no, Catholic guilt. No. Okay? You- I just want to see you, that you use them. That's why does all. it matter? Well, because- Why does it matter whether you see it or not? Then it becomes, the strings are attached. Oh, Joe got me something, so now I have to be like, hey, Joe, look what I'm doing. I'm using this thing that you but got me. Why? You did, did I react positively when I got the gift? I think so. Okay, that should be the focus. It okay. should be in the moment of you giving me the gift. It's a thing like, oh man, like you made him happy that day. It shouldn't be about your happiness because I feel like it's about your happiness. It's about, ah, there's Joe wearing the hoodie I got for him. There's Joe wearing the hat I got for him. If I saw it ever, yes, maybe. And then you're so freaking petty. You're so petty that when I came back from Austin this year from my brother's bachelor party, yes. there was the thoughtfulness of like, oh, here's a hat. I brought two hats back. <laughs> One for, from this uh, from this uh, part putt, putt. three place, yeah, all right, which was an amazing spot in Austin, in downtown Austin. So I come back with two hats, a green one and a black one, for you and Rand, our former producer. And I said, "Hey guys, I brought you back some cool golf hats. I'll get, I'll let you guys decide which colors yeah. you want." No, 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 I don't wear hats to play golf. You wear hats though. No, I don't. Not really. Well, Not then, often. Well, then give it to your kids, man. I don't okay. care. It sat there in your cubicle out of spite. <laughs> it did, yes, because of the Raiders hat. That's petty. That's petty. Would you rather I lie to you? Well, I'd rather you get over it. Okay. We'll, we'll work on that. If I can change, you can change, we can all change. We can all change. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico. We've got a number of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest to you. Let's get it. Bowl season is officially here. It's kicked off by UAB with a 24-20 win in the Bahamas Bowl. Dramatic stand inside the five-yard line by the Blazers to finish the season at 7-6. We are in the third quarter of the Cure Bowl. UTSA meet meet the Roadrunners with a 12-7 lead over Troy. That's actually a matchup of top 25 group of five teams. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So in Berlin, there was this gigantic aquarium in a Radisson Hotel. It was there, uh, built in the early 2000s in the post-communist run on building stuff up. And this aquarium that featured exotic fish burst. It had... 260,000 gallons of water. 1,500 exotic fish. There was so much water and so much glass and so much debris from the tank itself that it gushed out of the hotel and onto the streets. And there's only one question that I have. Where is the security footage? I want to watch 260,000 gallons of water burst out of an aquarium that was hanging out in the middle of a hotel. Would you not watch that? 
I would, for sure. Also, another if question. If it was in Russia, we definitely would have footage. Yeah, probably, probably. Another question I have, too. Uh, 1,500 exotic fish? Is that the special at some of the restaurants around the hotel? Consume me! I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Like, did did somebody savvy enough going, whoa, 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 get that fish! Put it, where's the cooler? That thing's still flopping. Put it in. Let's go. That's special. Just cook them. Right there. Let's go. Next up. 49ers clinched the NFC West last night with a 21-13 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Brock Purdy, two more touchdowns, 217 yards. Christian McCaffrey finding his stride, 108 yards and a touchdown. Seahawks now 7-7, seven and seven, opening the door for this Washington Giants game on Sunday to have some meaning for that last wild card spot. But the Niners, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, or Brock Purdy, finding a way, Kyle Shanahan, just like his pops, knows how to roll through some skill players and still win games. This is the one fascinating part of the season. And it makes me wonder if teams will ever, ever learn the lesson. If you seem to have kind of stumbled into something with Brock Purdy, right? Why would you ever go out and try to get Tom Brady and not allocate your funds to something else to keep you as a Super Bowl contender, right? I mean, clearly, Mark, clearly um, Kyle Shanahan has shown you the ability that he can he can find a way to win with whatever quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they made the Super Bowl two years ago with... Jimmy Garoppolo. So why couldn't you do kind of the same thing? I mean, a cheap quarterback is going to let you do other things. This is why uh, teams obsess over rookie quarterbacks because they can get them on that rookie wage scale and they can invest into other pieces. They just need a guy to take him to the next level or a guy to operate. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, like Zach Wilson, right? Speaking of Zach Wilson, the Jets are going to have to play him because Mike White I got hurt. Here's Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, on this being an opportunity for Wilson to win things back. This is going to be a great opportunity for Zach. Um, when he was elevated to the uh, uh, to the number two quarterback, it was with the understanding that there's a strong possibility that he was going to play um, and to prepare accordingly. He's gotten a vast majority of the first team reps. He'll get all the reps today. He'll get all the reps tomorrow. Um, and so we feel very comfortable about Zach's preparation as the uh, first string quarterback and that he has not that he's gotten his normal workload as a starting quarterback would normally get. So Zach Wilson's been a point of contention in New York ever since uh, it was the was it the New England Patriots game where he didn't take any uh, accountability for what had happened. Right. The yeah, offense. They, yeah. the, the offense just it was one of the classic what the Patriots have done all season. Just make the game absolutely disgusting. And I, th- I want to say it was a Patriots game. Regardless, they had an opportunity to uh, have a game winning drive. Zach Wilson screwed up, and rather than take accountability for it, he's like, yeah, I don't feel responsible in any way for what happened. And from that point on, they immediately benched him, and they went out of their way to make it seem like Zach Wilson was done in New York. So it is interesting that they've gotten back to this point with him rather than going to Joe Flacco, who's been with New York. Next up. Number two. Carolina Hurricanes get another win last night, this time at home. What a concept, taking on the Seattle Kraken. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. 
All right, fellas, I got two minutes for the Carolina Hurricanes doing the impossible, winning without scoring. I really thought that you really had to score goals in order to win, but the Hurricanes are proving otherwise. First of all, it's a good thing that this happened last night. Well, here comes Stephen Mason. A chance to make it 3 nothing. Goes wide, cuts in, makes a shot, scores! Oh, he hammers a laser through Grubauer. 3 nothing. Carolina on Mason's fourth of the year. That happened at 2.08 of the second period. So Carolina played 22 minutes and 8 seconds and scored three times. They could have had seven to that point anyway. Jarvis has it now. He avoids a big check. Back to the point. Set across. Turbine and shut. And Grubauer gets a piece of that one-timer. And Chatfield can't keep it in at the Seattle blue line. Now Martin trying to play it away from Sprong. It gets back to Slavin. Slavin has it come out. Cleared by Martin Here comes Martin in the captain's stall. Back to Martin Absolutely robs Jordan Martinuk of a shorthanded goal. But that was it. And herein lies the problem. It made the two fluky goals that Seattle scored matter, and it made us nervous in the third period. Here's what Carolina's real problem is. They are generating tons of chances. Do not let anybody else tell you that they are not. They can score. They just aren't scoring. So they're second in the NHL in generating grade-A scoring chances. Unlike me in college, I was last in the league at generating scoring chances. They are last in the league at converting those scoring chances. I got so few in college that I was actually pretty good at, uh, at converting them. So that's the problem. They just cannot convert their chances. If they were just middle of the road, they might be the best team in the NHL, to be honest, at this point. That's the difference between where they are and where they could be. The good part is they don't allow anything. They're sort of like all the girls I went after in college. They don't allow anything. They are only giving up about two goals a game in this 14-game stretch in which they are 8-1-5. and five. If you only give up two goals a game, you're going to win a ton. And right now, the Hurricanes are winning a ton for now. I feel that that was Adam really working through some things Sounded in like two it. minutes. Brought to you by Dice Art Willis. Check out the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. <sighs> you know, that's my fault. Because I did joke with Adam when we were doing the line change between his show and our show that I said, are the Canes kind of like you in college? He says, absolutely not. They actually generate chances. I'm like, ah. I see. So here's where I'm at with the Carolina Hurricanes. I feel like we have to go back to the wisdom of Herb Sendek, Julia, former NC State basketball coach. When you were covering NC State and he was the head coach, Joe, what would what would Sendek tell you? The art of winning basketball yeah, games. Famously, he said there's two ways to win. You can score more points than your opponent, or you can hold your opponent to fewer points than you score. It sounds overly simplistic, but truer words have never been spoken. So as long as the Carolina Hurricanes are doing an amazing job, an amazing job keeping other teams from scoring, I think they're perfectly content winning games 2-0, 2-1, 3-2 last night. The question, Gilio, is what do they do with Peter Kochekov? Uh, with Freddie Anderson 
Still rehabbing Auntie Ranta out as well. Kochekov has been put in a position that I don't think they wanted, but I think it's actually worked out in their favor. I know that there are salary cap considerations with three goalies. There's a rotation situation with three goalies. But at this point, I think you can tell the adults in the room, mainly Auntie Ranta in this situation, hey, man, we're going to need you to be the wily vet, and you're not going to get some time. Because I really do think that if this is going to be their M.O., and I have a feeling it's not. I don't think at, at, at this point the Canes dam would have burst when it comes to scoring. You know, the classic they're due. Mm-hmm. I kind of think this is who the Canes are. I know they don't have Sebastian Ajo, but what did we see in the playoffs last year? A continued issue with finishing. All right? It's kind of what they are. If Kochekov's the difference maker, man, might go an extra round. Just saying. Might get the Stanley Cup. We'll see. It's happened before with the Carolina Hurricanes and young goalies, hasn't it? Yes, it did. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. The playoff picture is coming to focus in the NFL. Carolina the Carolina Panthers. Almost screwed up there. We've been talking about the Hurricanes. The Carolina Panthers still in the mix. We'll explain next. Just look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the likes like to see those subscriber numbers go up maybe it's a christmas miracle we'll get up to a, a number that i like 2000 anyway we got a bowl game going on right now it's the uh, duluth trading company cure bowl i've always been intrigued by the duluth trading company underwear that they advertise very expensive are they mm-hmm. good quality though you have some dennis yeah i bought some when i lived in wisconsin okay you still got them yeah are they buck naked yeah. Interesting. Expensive, though? Like, how, how expensive are we talking here? Like 30 35 bucks. Oh, okay. That's a little that's a little higher up than the uh, pair of thieves that I buy at Target. And those are pretty expensive, too. Yeah, they can be expensive. They can be expensive. The durability is worth it, though. I, I mean, when, when did you live in Wisconsin? 2013 into 2014. And they st- and I they st- say 20 years ago. And, and this underwear still lasts. Wow. Amazing. I also got the long underwear as well. <laughs> does keep you warm i will say that gotcha i was gonna say that's a lot better than the unique low which um they sell basics and i've i've purchased some of their stuff and yeah there's a reason why it's super cheap but that's the thing you know i like their stuff it's just it's cheap uh anyway uh we got a we got a bowl game going on right now it's 12 7 uh, ut san antonio uh against troy again 12 7 against troy now the playoff picture is coming into focus last night you had the san francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers, clinched the NFC West with that win. Miami at Buffalo is the marquee game on Saturday night where the Bills can clinch a playoff spot with a win and further take hold of the AFC East. I actually caught some of this conversation on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max that you can listen to here on 99.9 The Fan. Here's J. Will on Dolphins' Bills being a close one. This is going to be a slugfest. The weather's going to be horrible. And I know that the weather will limit the Dolphins' ability for the deep ball, right? That explosivity that you see with Waddle and with Tyreek Hill. But it's not like the Miami Dolphins don't have the ability to run the ball in between the tackles with, you talk about Jeff Wilson Jr. and with Mostart, right? With what they have. So I still favor the Bills, but I am going to bet that McDaniels with this time, considering the way they played the last two games, there's going to be emphasis on them running the ball more in this game, considering the conditions. Yeah, yeah the, uh, he just hit on the conditions, Chilio. I don't think this one's going to be close. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be prepared for what they're going to see in Buffalo with the conditions. It's supposed to be snowy. It's supposed to be super cold. 
this Dolphin. You called them Sunny Day. They called them a Sunny Day team earlier this year. I don't necessarily disagree with that assessment, um, especially when you consider sunny, meaning they're good in like Miami weather. That's not what this is, and it's also in their head. Like I know Mike McCarthy's trying to be cute. He was wearing a shirt earlier this week about like I wish it were colder. No, you don't, dude. It's like oh, this doesn't bother me. No, no way. I'm I'm fine. It's like when you're out with your kids and you're like, why didn't you bring a jacket? I'm not cold. Then why are you shivering? Then you know, why are you by the heating vent as you're trying to warm up? That's how the Dolphins strike me right now going to Buffalo. Yeah, uh, tremendous respect for Jay Williams, but the Dolphins rank 29th in the NFL in rushing offense. The Bills aren't a ground-and-pound team either, so I think it is a mistake to think that their passing offense is somehow going to flourish in the snow. Actually, we saw this last year in the, in the uh, hurricane conditions that the Bills couldn't beat the Patriots. That being said, the Dolphins, I think, have done the classic. Mike McDaniel this year has done the classic, I can beat teams that we're supposed to beat. Yeah. And I tip my hat to him. He might just be the NFL coach of the year for that reason. We'll see how they can finish this season out. But when you look at the teams that they've lost, when they punch above their weight class, save for the win over the Bills earlier this year down in Miami, they lose. So my 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 thing with the Dolphins they have not looked good offensively the last two weeks against two completely different types of defenses. Tua Tagovailoa has only completed 47% of his passes, three touchdowns, two interceptions, a 72.5 passer rating in losses to the Niners and the Chargers. Uh, they've only scored 17 points in each of those games. Although I would say in the Chargers game, the question was about the, the Dolphins' defense doing a good enough job, and I thought they did. I actually thought they survived the storm early yeah. of what the Chargers were trying to do with Justin Herbert, including uh, a first series stand uh, to start that game. But this is to me, this isn't about what a defense is going to be able to do to the Dolphins. To me, it's about conditions, which gets to a larger point. It's been a weird week for the discourse. And I'm actually kind of surprised by your opinion on this. The Bills are building a new stadium. Some people have pointed out, hey, dummies, why don't you build a dome in Buffalo? And I know we talked to Bomani Jones about this a little early, and there are some economic reasons why they cannot build a dome. It's more expensive. Buffalo is not the type of place that's going to bring Final Fours, that kind of thing. But I also feel that that's part of the Buffalo Bills' identity. Fans absolutely take pride in being out there shirtless in those conditions, just like we see in Green Bay as well. I think you hit on this too, though, in terms of climate change. I mean, well, our ideas of what winter is and our ability to withstand it are different. Like They just had a storm of the century not that long ago where they had to go play a game in Detroit yeah. where there is a dome. By the way, how many storms of the century do we get? I mean, we seem to be getting a lot of those more uh, than every they're century. They're more frequent than, yeah, right? than usual. Well, for instance, people have been making a big deal about uh, the Miami Dolphins having a uh, a canopy mm -hmm. over the fans. And I'm sitting here, sitting here thinking to myself, well, I mean, you know, people are going to bake under that. I mean, look what's happening to the teams. I'm like, well, I grew up in South Florida. I went to plenty of games at the Orange Bowl and Joe Robbie Stadium and I never felt like it was so oppressive I couldn't watch football games. What's changed, Joe? I don't I don't know. It's also the first month of the season. Like it, we see this with college football all the time. It's not that hard to schedule games at night when no, it's, not. it's early in the season or play but, games that are in a dome later in the season. I I look at this purely as from a competitive standpoint. If I'm the Chiefs, by the way, they have one Super Bowl. One. 
They should probably have more than that because yeah. their record in their on their home field when it's we don't think of Kansas City as the frozen tundra, but you're playing in in freezing temperatures. If I had Patrick Mahomes, I would build a bubble and play mm-hmm. in the bubble. Josh Allen, while more rugged rugged than Mahomes, again, if my chance was to win the Super Bowl and you were saying to me, what's our best path to winning this thing for the first time in franchise history, I would say I'm gonna build I'm gonna put a I wanna play in pristine conditions. And I don't think it's I, but Bomani is right. And if you missed that conversation with us, catch it on the best of the OG podcast. But Bomani's right. It's about money. And who are they going to ask for that money? The fans. It's not going to be the owner that pays for it. No, no. So ultimately, that'll be the decision. But I do think it's like kind of silly to sit here and be like, well, just man up and sit outside. And I always hate it when Green Bay has these games. They don't win them, by the way. You know, they get they get the Niners there last year. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, they're going to beat them. N- no, they didn't. Or they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. They're at home. No, well, they don't take advantage of it either. Because you, if I had Aaron Rodgers for 20 years and Brett Favre before that, I would want to play in perfect conditions. And get some of the content that we do from this show on YouTube. You can watch us live on WRL Sports Plus on WRLSportsFan.com. But if you missed it, we get it. You can check it out on YouTube. Question, Joey. What's the most amount of miles you've put on a car? I, I don't have good luck with cars. I've noticed that. So, uh, the minivan had a bunch, though. Like over 100,000 on that thing? Yeah, a minivan was, I think, 140, 150. That's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. So, uh, a listener of ours, he's a big Virginia guy. He's a big fan of yours, obviously. With your, with your who's. My who's. Our your who's. Our who's, right? So he tweeted at us. He's like, hey, man, looking to replace my Sentra with 323,000 miles on it. Respect. With a list of needed repairs. You know, he's asking, he's like, hey, weren't you in like an accident? Yes, I was in an accident earlier this year. Totaled my Honda Fit, which I absolutely loved. Uh, but I just took some of that insurance. Well, I took all of my insurance money and uh, went and got a 23 Civic hatchback, which I absolutely loved. Um, but I'm a simple man with simple tastes, so I might not be the right person to ask for this. I, I intended to keep that fit until that thing ran aground, honestly. I want to say the most mileage I've ever put on a car, well, I was inherited, a 91 Mercury Cougar. What? It's just the car of 91, though, isn't it? <laughs> what, a Cougar? The Cougar. Yeah, man. Mercury Cougar LS. Black with a moonroof. Super fancy with the finest pleather seats you could find. But we, we would drive that thing from here to Miami and back all the time, right? So when I started driving in 95, when I got my driver's license, that's the car that I inherited. I did several road trips in that thing. I want to say I got the I want to say I got that Cougar with several transmission changes. Up to 250? I want to say he got up to 250, which is pretty impressive for a Mercury Cougar. Dennis, how many miles? What's the most miles you put on a car? 160 that's on not my bad. Fusion. All right, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. And then it was, I need a new vehicle. <laughs> yeah, like, so when I, got in the, when I got into my accident, I immediately called my parents and I said, hey, so you're retired now, Dad. You don't need two cars. Can I borrow the Jetta? You know, 2008 Jetta. The thing I actually put over 150,000 miles on that thing. I crossed the the threshold of that one. When I saw 323, how? That's that's living. 
How? That's, That's not just being a- religious with your oil changes and everything else. There are certain cars that I'll see on the road that I'm shocked they're still on the road. Um, the other day, I actually saw a Geo Prism, like in pretty decent shape, and I was like, "Whoa!" Was this is this like a collector's car that they only break out from because t- they're a real big Geo Prism person? But the fact that the Geo Prism was still on the road was shocking to me. Dennis, did you have a car that you've been shocked of seeing on the road? Well, not necessarily shocked to see on the road. Actually, I did see like it was like a fit or seventy-two Chevy. Oh, okay, ago. yeah, like, like those those are kept up. Yeah, those are kept up. I just actually just remembered I used to have a two thousand Tacoma that I put over two hundred thousand miles. Oh, there you on. go. That That's, thing was still humming. That sounds about right. That yeah. sounds about right for a Tacoma. No, like I saw like if you ever see a Pontiac Aztec on the road, would you not be shocked? It's one. Of, it was like their weird SUV like, say, crossover that, uh, thing. Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and or the uh oh man what were the um saturns well they stopped making them they stopped making them for starters when's the last time you saw a sob on the road oh it's been a minute right right think about that it's been quite some time certain cars just disappear man i remember when um I think, oh man, I forgot what the uh, the country of origin it was, but the uh, the manufacturer was Daewoo. I don't know if you remember that one or not. Like yes. a hot minute in the late '90s, early 2000s, doing television. Yeah, that's right. They they made a bunch of different stuff. Like it's like Mitsubishi, right? Like mm-hmm. Mitsubishi, they got cars, they make TVs, they make other components. Um, I had a Daewoo TV in my dorm. Oh really? Yeah. How long did that thing last? Oh, that lasted me about eleven eleven oh, nice. years. Yeah. Nice. Okay. 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 Look, man, sometimes you buy things out of necessity because you can't get that name brand, and you end up being pleasantly surprised that the uh, the cheaper alternative turns out. So like, I think there was a, uh, in the early days of HDTVs, when plasma was the big deal, and LCDs hadn't really come down in price, you could find those Westinghouse ones. The one TV that I found that I was shocked, I was like, this is a thing? Who makes this for real? Polaroid. TV? Yes. I forgot where I saw it, but there was a Polaroid flat screen television like 10 years ago. And I was like, who's buying this? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, out of necessity, you want to get a cheaper TV. That's the way to go about it. But yeah, everything from like Westinghouse to uh, to Polaroid. I remember when Vizio was a knockoff brand that nobody really wanted. Now they're everywhere. That was Costco, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Vizio... Vizios were the things, actually, we got Vizios here in the studio. I got a Vizio at home. Like, those were the things that really put flat screen TVs, HD TVs in consumer friendly positions. Because before that, man, I mean, do you remember your first HD TV? Yeah. Remember how much you had to spend for that thing? It was also the tube. So it, was, it, was, it weighed oh. like 200 pounds. Oh, see, those were like, those were considered the best HD TVs yeah, back that, in the day. It was a great picture. Because you had to, I mean, we were showing our age here. You're right. They were super heavy. I remember um, the early ones were those DLPs that had the spinning color wheel. They needed a lamp. The problem yes. is the, there were two issues. One, viewing angles on DLP televisions weren't great. Like You had to be looking at the DLPs straight on. If you were anywhere from the side, it would dim a little bit. And then those lamps would dim over time or they'd blow out. You know how much those lamps cost? It was like half the television. Ridiculous. At the time, right? Oh, thousands. And yeah. then there was the knock on the plasmas where it's like, well, 
Don't leave the a ticker. static. Don't leave the ticker on because yeah. the ESPN is the little widget's gonna burn into the screen. Y'all, we had it rough in those early days of HDTV. I bring this all up because um, we might be giving away some TVs soon. Just something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on.